Let's turn in the scriptures to Mark chapter 1. We will read a middle portion of this chapter, beginning at verse, at verse 21 and reading through verse 39. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 39. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. And she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils, and all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and cast out devils. We read the Holy Scriptures thus far. We return to Lord's Day 52 of the Heidelberg Catechism, beginning with question 127. After the bulletin had already been printed, I changed my mind about some things in the sermon this morning, and so we will actually be finishing Lord's Day 52 this morning, so the theme and the points will be different. I changed my mind a little too late, so it didn't make it into the bulletin. So we're going to read the entirety of Lord's Day 52 since we'll be finishing it up. Question and answer 127. Which is the sixth petition? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is, since we are so weak in ourselves that we cannot stand a moment, 
And besides this, since our mortal enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, cease not to assault us, do thou therefore preserve and strengthen us by the power of thy Holy Spirit, that we may not be overcome in this spiritual warfare, but constantly and strenuously may resist our foes, till at last we obtain a complete victory. How dost thou conclude thy prayer? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is, all these we ask of thee, because thou being our King and Almighty, art willing and able to give us all good. And all this we pray for, that thereby not we, but thy holy name may be glorified forever. What doth the word Amen signify? Amen signifies it shall truly and certainly be, for my prayer is more assuredly heard of God than I feel in my heart that I desire these things of him. Beloved in the Lord, we come to the last part of the model prayer our Lord teaches us to pray, the last part of his instruction as our teacher in prayer. In petitions 5 and 6, Jesus has been teaching us to pray for the daily application of the salvation benefits that are ours on account of Christ's finished work for us. All blessings of salvation are in him, and all blessings of salvation are ours because we belong to Jesus Christ. We have a full and free salvation, but now, according to God's wisdom, those benefits which are in Christ must be applied to us by the Holy Spirit in time. And they are sovereignly applied to us in time by the Holy Spirit and his gracious operation in us. And that's what we're praying for in petitions 5 and 6. We're praying for those blessings that are ours, that Christ has earned for us, which we need applied to us day by day. We saw that with the fifth petition, that chief blessing of salvation, the forgiveness of our sins, how day by day, because we sin each day, we need to hear, we need to hear fresh each day that word of God and the gospel, for Christ's sake I pardon. And now in the sixth petition, we need day by day The work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives, delivering us from evil. Last week we looked at one of the main elements of the sixth petition, namely we need protection and help against temptation. We left the second half of the petition, deliver us from evil. We left that for today. And so we're going to pick up there and we're going to finish off the meaning of the sixth petition as well as look at the concluding doxology, and the beautiful word that ends our prayer. Amen. So the theme for the sermon this morning is going to be confidently praying for complete deliverance. And the three points will be first, deliverance. Secondly, doxology. Thirdly, amen. Confidently praying for complete deliverance. First, deliverance. Second, doxology. Thirdly, amen.
deliverance from evil. We need that. Part of the meaning of deliverance from evil is, of course, deliverance from the evil one. You may know that there are two possible translations of the sixth petition. It can be translated, deliver us from the evil one, or deliver us from evil. That is, all evil entirely, and both are accurate translations. And we've really explained the first of those translations in our sermon last week. The evil one is the devil, and the main way that he attacks us is temptation. We need deliverance from temptation. But now this morning we're going to focus on the second of those translations of the sixth petition. Deliver us from all evil. Complete deliverance. Complete rescue. That is what we need. You see how the Lord's prayer has been building up to this. And how beautiful this is. Jesus doesn't leave anything out of the model prayer. He teaches us to come to Father with this petition on our lips, asking for nothing less than total rescue and deliverance from everything that bears the name evil. How we need that. We noted last time, we're in the midst of spiritual warfare. That's the Christian life. Arrayed against us are our three mortal enemies, the devil, the wicked world, and our own sinful flesh. And on top of it all, they ceaselessly assault us. And on top of that, we are so weak that we can't stand of ourselves for but a moment. And then there are the trials and the afflictions of life, which the devil seeks to turn against us and to make into occasion to stumble and to doubt God. There is all of this arrayed against us. But then there is the evil within. The evil within. And we want to think about that for a moment. Deliver us from evil. Not only the evil one, but the evil within me. This petition puts before our minds again the reality of our own indwelling sin. Sin which is the cause and the root of all evil. And sin which is not just something out there or something that is only in the actions, but sin, evil, which is rooted. It has its taproot down into my very nature. That is what we wrestle with. That's our root problem. That's what we need deliverance from so desperately. The sixth petition points us back to what the Catechism said in Lord's Day 51 when we were taught to pray for forgiveness for that depravity that still cleaves to us. We need forgiveness. We need the pardoning of our guilt. The taking away of our punishment. But we need more. We need complete deliverance. Deliverance from that sin that still cleaves to us indwelling sin. That refers to the corruption of our, of our nature and the real pollution of our being and person on account of that corrupt nature, sin in us. When we talk about sin, there are really two main aspects to sin. There is guilt and there is corruption, or guilt and pollution. 
And you see that when you look at the fall of Adam and Eve, when they fell and disobeyed God, they became guilty before him, liable to suffer the penalty of his law. But guilt was not the only thing that their sin brought upon them. It brought upon them corruption of nature, pollution, so that they were unclean, they became unholy, and therefore separated from God. We see that in the fact that they were exiled from the Garden of Eden. The unholy cannot dwell with the holy. Sin brings guilt and sin brings pollution. Forgiveness, that chief blessing of salvation, is that grace of God that wipes away our guilt and frees us from the penalty of our sin. But forgiveness doesn't change us inwardly. We need this next blessing of salvation An inward work of the Holy Spirit that addresses that pollution and corruption that is within, the evil within, and delivers us from it. Delivers us from the power and the pollution of sin. And that's what Jesus teaches us to pray in the sixth petition. And especially now in this second part when he says, deliver us from evil. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Turn me towards thy ways to walk in them with all my heart. Refashion me in thy image that in true holiness I may be consecrated to thee. That's the sixth petition. We see our desperate need for deliverance from this evil within. We see it in a very vivid way in the passage of scripture that we read. We read about Jesus' miracle of casting out devils. Particularly in the first part of our scripture reading, Jesus casting out an unclean spirit from a man who was possessed by a demon. And while much could be said that is interesting and edifying about demon possession, especially during the time of Jesus We want to remember that Jesus' miracle of casting out devils has more to teach us than just about demon possession. For demon possession in the scriptures is a picture of the power of indwelling sin in each of us. Demon possession shows us that horrible power of the evil within and how sin can so totally take control and dominate the life and destroy the life and make our life unclean, a vessel of iniquity. It shows us the horrific power and pollution of sin. And that's what we see in this this man who is possessed by that unclean spirit. That spirit dominated him. And so it can be with indwelling sin. The evil within. And Jesus. Compassionately. And by his almighty word. Casts that devil. Out of that man. He says. Hold thy peace. And come out of him. And though that unclean spirit didn't want to. And though it put up its best fight. It could do nothing but obey. And come out and depart. And free that man. That it had tormented for. Who knows how long. And that's the wonderful comfort. That's our savior. That's the one who is teaching us to pray. Deliver us from all evil. He is the one who is the deliverer. And who has the power to deliver us from all evil. 
from this present evil world and all of its horrible pains and sufferings and all of the evils of this world, but also and especially this, that evil within that we contend with day by day. As Christ casts out the devil from this man, we see there his power to save us from the power and the pollution of sin. And so we're taught to pray with all confidence for complete deliverance. Father, deliver us from evil. We see our need. And seeing our need now, the scriptures point us to the one who is willing and able and mighty to meet that need and to deliver us. And we take heart. As we look to Christ. Let's look at the petition then positively. Briefly. What concretely do we pray for then. When we are taught to pray. Deliver us from evil. Three main things I want to point out this morning. First. When we pray deliver us from evil. We are praying for our sanctification. Sanctification is a benefit of the cross earned by Jesus Christ and which is worked in us sovereignly by the Holy Spirit. Sanctification is the Holy Spirit's holy making work inside of us. Sanctification differs from justification. Justification which is God's legal declaration in which he declares we are righteous in Christ And therefore, he acquits us of all punishment our sins deserve. Sanctification follows and is the companion of justification. And sanctification then is the Spirit's inward work in the heart of the justified believer to make him holy. It's an inward, it's a transformative work. Based upon the cross and based upon our justification in Christ. And thus it is a companion and follower of justification which must follow, which must come. It's the inward work of the Spirit. And it's important to see that this is part of our salvation. Christ earned for us on the cross not only our justification, God's declaration that we're righteous, but Christ also earned for us the quickening Spirit who is poured out upon us and poured out into us so that the quickening spirit may dwell in us. And the indwelling spirit then works in us to cleanse us and free us of our indwelling sin. The evil within. There is the power of Christ to address the evil within. And what a wonderful, wonderful way he does it. He gives us his own spirit. To dwell within. To make us his temple. To abide with us and comfort us forever. Even as he sanctifies. Makes us holy. Separates us from sin more and more. And consecrates us unto God. Refashions us after the image of Christ. That's the Spirit's work. He's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Making Spirit. Christ's greatest gift to us. His greatest gift. How he answers and fulfills this prayer. Deliver us from evil. 
And so we pray for sanctification. We pray in the certainty that that prayer will be answered. For we already have that spirit in our hearts. You do, believer. You have the spirit working day by day. Sanctifying, making you holy, separating you from sin. Delivering from the evil within. Pray for that. Pray for that sanctification daily. Desire it. And as you pray, trust in the sovereign spirit and your deliverer Jesus Christ. Who through his spirit delivers from evil. With regard to that sanctification, we must notice that it's progressive and lifelong. That's why we're taught to pray this. Sanctification is not instantaneous glorification. That's not God's way with us. It's not that Christ has earned all of the benefits for us on the cross and now all of them are applied in an instant and we are immediately made perfect. Sometimes we wish that were the case. Sometimes we wonder, why can't God do it that way? Why can't he just translate me now in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, so that this evil may be left behind, this evil within me be gone, just like that. Why doesn't he do that? And we don't know, because his ways are higher than our ways. But we do know this, his way is good, and it's good for us that he lead us on this pilgrimage, this pilgrimage of this life here below, as he progressively works in us to separate us from sin and consecrate us to him, as he works progressively in our hearts, more and more applying to us the blessings of Christ so that there's growth that's good for us. And in God's marvelous way, that shall augment the glory of heaven To come. Having traveled this earthly pilgrimage. Having lived this life of sanctification. This progressive work of the spirit in our hearts. Having gone through all of that. Our capacity for seeing and understanding. And rejoicing in the glory and grace of God. Will be all the more expanded. God's way with us in this life and in this world, though sometimes so hard to understand, is the best way. And so even though we might wonder, why can't God instantaneously glorify us? The answer with which we must be content is because this is better. This way is better. That we walk through this valley led by our good shepherd. And when we get there, It will make sense. We will understand and we will see why. And so we pray for sanctification day by day. For growth in grace. For growth in our sensitivity to sin. For maturing in the fruits of the Spirit. That more and more we may put away the evil within more and more, be like our Christ. That's the first thing. Sixth petition is a prayer for sanctification. Secondly, and flowing from the first, is that this is a prayer for preservation. Let's not forget 
What the catechism sets before us right away that we are so weak in ourselves that we cannot stand but a moment. We take that confession with us throughout our earthly pilgrimage, throughout the entirety of our Christian warfare. We depend every moment upon him and thus we need his grace not only to sanctify us, but we need the grace of the spirit to preserve us, to hold us fast in the truth of God's word, in a life of conformity to that word. And that we pray for. And we pray for that with the equal confidence that God will hear and answer that prayer. Because on the cross, Jesus Christ has purchased, merited, and obtained for us preservation as well as sanctification. He's given us His Spirit to dwell in us. To abide with us forever. To be our comforter, our consoler, as well as our sanctifier. And to be our preserver. And the Spirit will not ever leave us. He doesn't forsake His temple. The good work, as Philippians 1 verse 6 says, the good work which God begins in us, He will perform until the day of Christ. Even with all the ups and downs, even with all our stumbles, our wayward wanderings, our sheep-like folly, the Spirit works and preserves and guides and sanctifies and delivers us from evil. It's certain. That whole work of salvation, conceived in eternity, Accomplished decisively by Christ upon the cross. And now applied to us in time. From regeneration. Our new birth. All the way to our final glorification. Certain. And the Holy Spirit sovereignly works it. Sovereignly puts all of those golden links together. And brings us from that new birth. To regeneration. He sanctifies. He preserves. He delivers. From evil. Into good. And that means in the third place that he delivers us from this present evil world. We've already said sin is our greatest problem. Indwelling sin is the greatest evil with which we contend. The evil within. But on account of human sin there is so much evil that abounds in this world. So much trouble. So many sorrows. So much pain. All of that will be gone one day. Jesus is Savior from that too. Now, we're careful. We make sure that we say Jesus is not first of all a Savior from earthly ills. And we make that point because of the tendency in our day to turn Jesus into a social justice warrior who's only interested in giving us a happy earthly life. And that's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to be a Savior from sin. But we understand that because He is a Savior from sin, He's a Savior from everything else also. And it is precisely because he saves us from our indwelling sin that he saves us from every other evil that besets us in this life. And so when we pray this petition, we are praying for the complete deliverance from all evil. All of the evils of this present world. And in this way, Jesus Christ directs our faith and our hope to that reality that's coming. 
For those that are burdened this morning. With troubles. With the evils of this life. So burdened you feel maybe you can't go on. And it's one thing after another. And they just pile up. That's going to go away. That's not forever. It's but for a moment. And you have the spirit. And you have the grace of God here and now. To to sustain you in that. And you'll get through. Jesus saves from all of that too. Because he saves from sin. Because he saves from sin. He saves from all of that too. Take heart. Look to him. Rest in him. Remember your hope. A hope that can never be dashed or destroyed. Pray the sixth petition. Deliver us from evil. And put your heart into that petition. Because the sympathetic Savior hears that petition. He knows our infirmities. He's, he's experienced them himself. The very act of crying out to God, deliver us from evil. Making that petition of faith is a soothing balm to the soul. When we're struggling and contending and facing the evils of this present world. The sixth petition focuses us on our hope. Deliverance is certain. It's coming. Complete deliverance. In principle, it's accomplished already. Look at the cross. There is deliverance from all evil. The cross destroyed Satan's power. It undid the power of sin. It liberated God's people. Look to the cross. And see. Your deliverance. That's the petition. May the Lord use it to comfort his people. As we pray it. Wisely, the Lord Jesus, as he finishes the petitions, he fixes right to the end of those petitions a doxology. Doxology, which is a a word of glory, a word of praise. And that's significant. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And the sixth petition, having brought to mind all of the evil that we face, the evil within, the evil of this present world, and we think about those things and we see their power and how weak we are before them, Jesus immediately ushers us into doxology and puts these words on our lips and reminds us who's in charge, who's on the throne, who it is that we're praying to, our God, our Father, who is almighty. And that's what the catechism focuses our attention on. Brings us back to the beginning. What Lord's Day 46 taught us when we learned how to address our God, our Father, who is both willing and able to help us in our time of need, who is both willing and able to hear our prayers and to answer us in the best way according to his wisdom. 
This is the Alpha and the Omega of prayer. Confidence in God, our Father, who is willing and able to help. And now this doxology sets that reality before us again. Thine is the kingdom. Thine. Not the devil. Not the world. Not evil. Thine is the kingdom. That's what's coming. The kingdom wherein righteousness doth dwell. The kingdom of peace, whose king is Jesus Christ. Shiloh, the prince of peace, the rest giver. His is the kingdom, the only kingdom. The one and only kingdom that shall stand forever. And we're a part of it by grace. When we say, thine is the kingdom, we're saying, we're delivered from evil, certainly and assuredly. Thine is the kingdom and the power, as powerful as those enemies are, Satan, the world, the flesh. They're impotent in comparison to Almighty God, our Father. His is the power. That is absolute power and all power. There is no power apart from Him. Thus we attach that to the sixth petition as Jesus wants us to. And we pray, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil within. Deliver us from this present evil world. Thine is the power. And the glory forever. That's what it's all about. That's the ultimate purpose for all things. And that's an encouragement we need too in the difficult Christian life, in the valley, in the face of our enemies' assaults, in the midst of trial and tribulation. Thine is the glory. All things work for that greatest and best end. And even at the hardest times of life, We're upheld by that knowledge that this is working for the glory of my God and my King. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory. Forever. And I get to be a part of it. As a child of this God and King. And so the doxology reinforces the hope that the sixth petition sets before us. The certainty and the completeness of our deliverance from evil. And the swift coming of that full deliverance. And the momentary nature of this life's trials and pains and sufferings and sorrows. And the momentary nature of evil's only apparent victories. Thine is the kingdom and the power. The glory forever. And then Jesus teaches us to say Amen. Teaches us to say Amen. Beautiful ending to the prayer. And a word that we want to especially think about this morning in connection with the sixth, peti- the sixth petition. Amen. It's a Hebrew word, as you know, meaning Certainty, firmness, stability. And you immediately see that's an amazing confession of faith. To say that word in this present evil world. Amidst the storms and all that goes on. Stability, firmness, reliability, truth. Can't find it in the world. 
You look around in the world, you look at circumstances, you're not going to see it. Then you look to Christ, and that's Christ. And that's what Christ brings to us, his people, in the midst of the storm. Certainty, firmness, reliability, truth. Safe within his fold, we glorify his name. Amen. Amen. Jesus uses, uses that word more than anyone else in the Bible. Verily, verily, I say unto you. How often does he say that? Very often. And what he's saying is, Amen, Amen, I say unto you. Affirming to us in the most emphatic way the trustworthiness, the certainty, and the stability of his life-giving words, of every one of his promises, of the gospel, of deliverance through him. Jesus Christ himself is the Amen of God. He is the Amen of the covenant. In Revelation 3 verse 14, we read, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness. That's Jesus Christ. He is the Amen. He is the rock of stability, strength, firmness, reliability. The only rock. There is. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, All the promises of God in Him are yea and amen. Certain, sure. And so you see what Jesus is doing when He teaches us to end our prayer with amen. Not only is it an expression of our sincerity in prayer, But it's a confession of our trust. And it's a word of the gospel. This Amen. It's not just the period at the end of prayer that says it's finished. It's a vital part of prayer. It's a gospel word. It shall certainly be. Because of Christ. For his sake. And that applies to all of the petitions. Hallowed be thy name. It shall certainly be. For God works all things after the counsel of his own will for his glory. Thy kingdom come. Thine is the kingdom. It is coming and it shall certainly be. All of the ineffectual attacks of the gates of hell. They can do nothing to stop the coming of the kingdom. Thy will be done. Thy will which is only good. It shall be done. It shall certainly be. The provision of all of our needs, our daily bread, it shall certainly be. The forgiveness of our sins merited by Jesus Christ, applied by the Spirit, it shall certainly be. Deliverance from evil. Complete deliverance from all evil. Evil in me. The evil of this present world. All of the bitter fruits of the fall of our race, deliverance, rescue, complete deliverance, it shall certainly be. The Amen is a gospel word of peace in Christ. No one in the world can say that, but the believer Every day of our lives, you can say that. Amen. 
the end of your prayers. Think about what you're saying. and The comfort packed into that word. Amen. Amen. Christ puts this word on our lips. Let us speak it. And by faith rest upon him. The firm, reliable, stable, unmovable rock. Who delivers us from all evil. Amen. Faithful God and Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this last petition and the concluding words of the model prayer. Grant that our brief meditation upon these things may encourage and strengthen us in the midst of this present evil world and in our striving against the evil within. We pray earnestly, Father, that full deliverance may come soon. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Deliver thy people from evil and into the goodness and the blessedness, the untarnished and untarnishable glory of the life to come. We yearn for it, and in faith we wait for it with confidence in Christ. Hear us for his sake. Amen.